Welcome to Gulf Origin Stories, everyone. My name is Chris McEwen. Happy belated uh, New Year. Welcome to 2021. And, you know, quite naturally, as we kick off the, quote, season two of Gulf Origin Stories, we would begin with a Pearl Jam song. We started this whole thing off with a Pearl Jam song. We ended last season with a Pearl Jam song. So, of course, we would continue that sort of... uh, uh, consistency with yet another Pearl Jam song. So this one is called In Hiding, um, a song that was co-written by the guitarist of the band, one of the guitarists of the band, Stone Gossert, and lyrics were by Eddie Vedder. And uh, it's at the request of my guest this week, Ryan Lent. And for those that don't know who Ryan is, he's basically my guitar teacher, but he's... He's a YouTuber that teaches guitar, and so by default, by de facto, he has become my sort of personal guitar teacher. And I thought, you know, maybe as we begin a new year, some of you have decided that you're going to learn guitar, or you're going to pick the guitar back up. And so that was part of why I wanted to have Ryan on for the first episode. So if you're looking for some guidance, and he he teaches songs, entire songs, but he also does teach some some guitar theory about where chords are, where notes are up and down the neck, which I personally, and I mentioned to him, I, I don't know the the math around the guitar neck. Uh, I was I was self-taught. I learned by playing guitar. Um, I learned by playing Pearl Jam songs on the guitar, and that's how I learned chords and things like that. Um, and I just think Ryan does a an amazing job breaking songs down and, and teaching them in a digestible way and a way that you can understand that I can understand. And he also is a huge golf obsessed human being. So how perfect he, he loves Pearl jam. He plays guitar. He loves golf. Uh, as we, as he mentioned when I kind of introduced myself to him, he wondered if we were the same person. And it's, we have a lot in common, although, and we get into it because of course, golf origin stories sometimes goes in weird directions. I have a dog, Ryan has 11 turtles and we talk about that quite a bit. Uh, but anyways, back to the song in hiding is, was actually inspired by, um, Charles Bukowski, who is a, 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 a German American poet. And he sort of would like to, at times separate himself from his life and basically go into hiding. And, um, and Eddie Vedder had talked about it at one point um, on one of their DVDs that they released um, called Single Video Theory. And it, it you know, just sort of, um, it allows you when you separate yourself from all the craziness in life, uh, it allows you to kind of restore that will to sort of, to live, you know? Um, and, and something very significant that Vetter says when he's talking about that song, he's like, you know, for all the good things that we offer each other, sometimes we beat each other down. And I thought that was just, boy, considering the, this is pre-social media even. And so I thought that really resonated with, with me. Um, and, and, you know, by just taking a step back, you kind of, you're able to reset. And I think it's always just a healthy and, and good thing to do um, just for your own mental health and mental well-being because things can can feel and seem uh, chaotic and out of control and, and overwhelming. So being able to take that step back is something that uh, that 
just really can, can be so important for all of us. Anyways, um, my guest, as I'd mentioned, Brian Lent, uh, he's, he's just a great human being and I'm so happy. I was so excited to have him on this show. Uh, I, I reached out to him and he said yes, and it was so great and I was so excited. So um, hopefully you enjoy the conversation. And, and something that I want to try to do a little bit more this, this season, um, while it's great to talk to the people that we know within the world of golf, and I've enjoyed all of those conversations immensely, I would really like to bring people that maybe you wouldn't cross paths with on golf Twitter or you know, golf Instagram or, or our little golf world that we have, because it can be a little insular. And there's, there's way more golfers out there that don't necessarily take part in that aspect of our little world. So I would really like to branch out and bring to you some people that maybe you aren't familiar with, but you'd get to, to meet and listen to and hear their stories and, and again, find more commonality in their own sort of journey uh, into this sport that we love so very much. So that's kind of part of the goal this year, along with many others. Um, I've got a, a manifestation board full of stuff. And um, and before we get into it, I will do the typical call to action stuff. Um, you know, subscribe to the podcast, uh, review it, rate it. Those things do great things for the show. It gets it gets in front of, it helps get get in front of more people and and hopefully they can discover the show and, and enjoy it as much as hopefully you do. So with that being said, let's get into the very first show of 2021, Ryan Lent. So Ryan, you are, um, you've got quite the, the resume. You are a musician, you're a music teacher, and you, you are a YouTuber. How does it feel to, to like 55,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel, man? That is, that's not nothing. Did you ever dream that you'd be this, uh, this hit on a web, <laughs> on the web like this? I didn't. And no, 55 isn't nothing. And, and I, I didn't. Um, and I'll tell you when I started my channel, um, I started my channel, uh, and I had zero subscribers, of, of course. And, and I set for myself two rules. I had, I had no concept that I would have 50. I, I thought that maybe what I was interested in would interest 6,000 people. That was kind of the number that I thought I'd, that I thought I'd top out at. And that was four and a half years ago. But, but I set two rules for myself when I started my YouTube channel. And I think this could go for anyone doing anything. Um, and that was to do it. Um, just to do it. Not, I'm not going to look at the numbers and, and be like, Oh, boo, nobody's watching or, or yay. Lots of people are watching it much like mm -hmm. golf. You know, you don't, you don't get super excited about your good shot and you don't get super bummed about your bad shot. You need to, so, so I, I said, I'm going to do it for the sake of doing it, not to get subscribers, etc. And the other rule I set, uh, for myself was I'm going to do it for 10 years, no questions asked. And after 10 years, I will reconvene with myself and I will decide if it's worth doing anymore. And 10 years, because there's, there's a quote from Tony Robbins, who I'm sure is a name many people know. Um, and it is, uh, people mm -hmm. underestimate, people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. That's very, that's a great quote. 
Yeah. So that's why I picked 10 years. I'm just going to do it for the sake of doing it. And, and to be frank, it, it, it went and it continues to go so much better than I could have ever imagined. And it's literally my job. It's my job now. And I, I think that's, that's completely nuts. I went golfing today. It's Thursday, right? Because I can say, which day would I like to go golfing this week? <laughs> and it's, it's pretty, and that's <laughs> the, the theme, the theme of basically my adult life is how to arrange my schedule to allow for maximum golf. So this is really just a pawn in that scheme. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's worked out really well. Well, yeah. nice job. Well, thank that, you very much. I think, I think everyone's, I think everyone actually listening to this podcast probably has tried to arrange their life in the exact same fashion. Like <laughs> I know when this, when the season comes, like my whole calendar is, you know, like my wife races to the calendar to put stuff on there because, you know, our calendar is untouchable. Once it's on the calendar, it happens. And I just fill <laughs> yeah. every Saturday or every Sunday with about mm-hmm. a six hour, you know, just timestamp, like mm-hmm. playing golf. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so di- was there, I know, I know you when we, before we started, you said there's two things you love to talk about Pearl Jam and golf. And I said, yeah. you've come to the right place, or at least I have invited the right guest. Was there an, <laughs> right. an, like an, there's there a kickoff to the YouTube channel was there, or is it just as like, you saw, you saw YouTube and be like, I want to do videos or was there a, someone else that did something or you just thought, you know, I'm a good teacher. Cause you're a fantastic music teacher. I speak from experience. You know, you're my only music teacher that I've ever had. I've, I'm a self-taught guitarist and I can't say that I'm self-taught anymore because now you're teaching me uh, at least once a week, some new song or some new uh, aspect of the guitar. But was there something that sort of spurred the YouTube thing? There was. And, and let me just say that, that it's really nice to see your face because I put, I put the videos out there and, and I don't think about the fact anymore that they're going out and people are sitting and I do sometimes cause I watch YouTube myself and I'm watching somebody and then I go, somebody's doing that for me right now. And then I think that's really, really cool. So thank you for letting me be <laughs> your guitar teacher. Um, and I appreciate those kind words. And I just have to say, um, that I became my guitar teaching proficiency uh, came about by teaching lots and lots and lots of guitar lessons. I don't think that that's a, that's just my super innate. Now I didn't just sit down. And if you watch my first video, it's really awkward, <laughs> but, so, um, <laughs> but there was, there was a catalyst and it was a, a bunch of my students. Cause I taught in person in near San Francisco. I had a music school that I started and um, I had, I had, I had students. I taught more than 40 hours a week, you know, every week of every year. Um, because that's what you have to do to pay the bills in near, near San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and I had students in my ear, uh, you should start a YouTube channel. You should say, and, and I would watch the, you know, the workout YouTube guys and the golf YouTube guys and so forth. And I'd be like, I would, but I don't do anything that anyone wants to know how to do. What would I even do? And that question kind of rang in my head, head for years thinking, duh, I play the guitar. Like it, it's like working out golf, and guitar. Like those are the things that everybody, you know, wants, wants to know how to do. And, and I didn't put the pieces together, um, that I do something that people want to do <laughs> for quite some time. But, and, and speaking of having lots and lots of students and pardon the long form answer, I, ho- I hope that's okay. Um, but speaking of having lots and lots of students, it was getting really tiring. You can't sprint nonstop for that long for so many years. And I, I, I thought I needed a different answer. And so what I did 
was I turned to Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you know who he is, um, but he wrote this book called he wrote this book called The Four Hour Work Week, the number four, and, and um, it's basically about maximizing your time and, and divorcing your time from your from your income, um, and and also you know with a big emphasis on doing what you want to do for less money is better than doing what you don't want to do for for more money is a big underscore of his book too so uh that's why i turned to his books and his podcast which he has a just endless amounts of podcasts and i just listened to them one after the other and it wasn't any particular podcast but i think just his thinking got into my head and then the 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 more fun answer to your question is i was at a matt nathanson concert if you know who he is yeah he he's you do okay all right yeah. well he's one of my favorites and i don't really i don't really advertise it too much but he is one of my favorite singer songwriters um in that kind of genre pearl jam isn't singer songwriter so i can i can like both of those things separately <laughs> matt nathanson and, and and that was in the Bay Area, and and I had you know thousands of students over the course of a decade, so I couldn't go anywhere without knowing a mom or knowing a kid that I had five years ago or something. And at this Matt Nathanson concert, um, it was it, her name was Romy. Uh, it was it was Ryland's mom, <laughs> Ryland's mom, <laughs> Romy. We ran into each other, and, and Romy said, "Hey, why aren't you up on stage?" And I said to myself. Yeah, why aren't I up on stage? And I watched Matt Nathanson that that night, and uh, he's just so good on stage and so funny and so charismatic. And and I was kind of, but he wasn't Pearl Jam. Like Pearl Jam is like you can't become Pearl Jam on purpose. You can't say yeah. let's take out the Google ads and let's film the video and and okay, so you can you can you can uh, oh, who's that? You can Sean Mendez on purpose, but that's a different thing. <laughs> right. That's not like actual music. Right. That's like you know, nice looking guy. He has a guitar. He's playing chords. Nobody watching him knows that he's not actually really playing actual real music that <laughs> is really actually any good. But it's enjoyable, and it's, it's a different thing. Is sure. the point? I'm not dissing him. Um, oh, but the point is, in the realm of the music I like, you cannot. You know, you cannot business your way to becoming Pearl Jam. That's just like this one thing. It was all the ingredients and kapow. But I was watching, you know, Matt Nathanson, who um, who is a successful singer songwriter. He that's how he makes his living in tours. But he's not. He's not like well, he's got his fan base. Yeah. You know, but you know, the last tour he did, he opened for I don't remember. He opened for somebody. And I went to go see him. I left for the, when the headliner, but I wanted to see him. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I thought, I'll bet you if I sit down and do something, I, uh, I don't know what it is yet, but if I sit down and do something, I can business my way into Matt Nathanson realm. <laughs> okay. You know, which means being successful, doing something that I do and I love, you know, uh, for myself and making a living but not being the pearl. I'll bet you I can do that on purpose. Yeah. And yeah. so the very next day, yeah. So the very next day I recorded my first YouTube video and I put it on YouTube wow. and nothing happened. <laughs> and then I did it again and nothing happened and I did it again and nothing was happening. And you know, then I, and, and then I got my first comments and one video a week turned into two a week because the comment, you get excited and it's encouraging. Right. And then two became three. And, and so the catalyst was that Matt Nathanson concert <laughs> randomly? <laughs> That's awesome and random and perfect. Um, yes. Now, <laughs> now, when did you know? So I have a. I remember. 
I have a moment in time where I where I knew you had become a thing, right? Um, and you had kind of hit, right? Was there a moment for you when you're like, there was a tipping point where you thought, I this is I've 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 done something here. There there was a moment. It was it was one of the best moments of my entire life. As 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 outside of my family, my family is the best thing in my entire life. But outside of that, it was one of the best moments of my entire life. And Ruthie, my 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 wife, uh, she told me after this thing happened, like like my voice and my videos changed, and like everything changed. And but did you? See, and I'll tell you what it is, and then I would like you to tell me maybe they're the same thing. <laughs> but it was, you know, of course, I'm the biggest Pearl Jam fan in the in my world. <laughs> you know, I, I, they're my favorite band. They're my favorite thing they are cherished mm -hmm. in my world and the moment that it was was it was a regular tuesday i'll never forget it was a tuesday and my son and his friends in the neighborhood I, i'd put a little fire in the uh we lived in the suburbs at the time so i used the charcoal grill but i made a little fire in it and they were making marshmallows and it was like in the late fall uh early early november and i came in and I checked my phone because that's what you do. You just check, check your, it's not even worth saying, but I checked my phone and there was a text message on my phone and it said, Hey Ryan, this is Stone Gossard. Would you like <laughs> to come to the Chris Cornell, would you like to come to the Chris Cornell tribute concert? It would be great to have you there. You're saving my butt right now with your videos. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> and I said, and I, I like look. I looked at it, and it was too much to process. So I just put it down, and I just kind of like, and my mind started going a million miles per minute, you know. Now, and I was thinking, now real quick, Stone real quick, for those that don't know, Stone Gossard <laughs> is a member of Pearl Jam. He is. He's kind of the. He's the songwriter, a major songwriter on the music side of Pearl Jam. So that's why this is so incredibly significant to both Ryan and me. I am living through Ryan right now. Imagine <laughs> getting a text from Stone Gossard. All right, continue. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And out, out of the blue, too. You know, I, I don't know how he got my number. I assume he Googled me and my, my music school. My number is on my Yelp page. That's the only place I know where my phone number is, is, on, is on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I went through, and, and I'm... Well, my, my dad's an accountant, so I'm always mathing things. He just simple, just division and, and whatever. And I remember, like, there is a five percent chance that Stone Gossard, and there's a ninety five percent chance that that's someone, just someone, you know. And so I, you know, I googled the the number, you know, or the the area code, and yeah. it was like Seattle. And I was like, okay, but someone could. And I very publicly love Stone God. He's my favorite. He is the reason I, I play the guitar. He's the, the number one single reason I play the guitar. And so, but lots of people know that I, you know, so they could have got my phone right. and blah, blah, blah. And I, and so I decided, you know, I, I screenshotted the thing and sent it to, to my friend, Travis, who's in my band too. And I said, what do you think, man? What do I do? <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, and, uh, and so I decided on doing both things. I said, if this is Stone Gossard, then this is, I think I remember my response verbatim, but uh, if this is Stone Gossard, then this is clearly the the coolest or most, you know, whatever moment of my musical life, because Stone Gossard is my favorite guitar player of all time by a wide margin. 
if this is not Stone Gossard, ha ha ha, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and real Stone Gossard <laughs> responded <laughs> with a selfie, a, a selfie of Stone Gossard taken in that moment just for me to prove that it was Stone Gossard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was surprised you didn't respond. Please, please send a picture with, a, with today's newspaper. <laughs> that's, that's right. I wasn't I wasn't thinking that straight at that moment. But but, you know, and then and then the ensuing, I mean, like, cool, six weeks were just the most emotional. It was like, it, I'm very happy in my relationship. Um, so I haven't experienced dating in quite some time. Mm-hmm. But it was the same as like, without the love part, right? But it was like, the Oh, my God, he texted. He texted. <laughs> and, and, and then like, literally, like, he hasn't texted in two days. Do you think everything's okay? <laughs> of course, everything's <laughs> always okay. It's, he, you know, he's not Stone Gossard to him. He's just him to him. Right. Um, you, right. you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and he needed help with some. And we did the Stone Week thing, and he came on my channel, um, which was his idea entirely. Was it really? Um, that which was I thought so was great. A, oh, it, it, I was in the grocery store, and I knocked stuff over because <laughs> I just, you know, you get a text, and and he had, I, I made a ring for him. It was a choo-choo train. It was like, <laughs> you know, because every time he texts and I'm like totally fanboying out now. And this is the past though. I'm totally fooling that. <laughs> but it's, it was an exciting time. And so just because every time he'd text, like it, nothing else could happen until it was settled. Like it, right. it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like I, I thought he needed it done or something in that moment. It's, it was just like, I was incapable of doing anything else until that thing was, was settled. And I was in Wegmans in the grocery store <laughs> and, uh, and just, Hey, Hey, I think it would be fun if you let me co if you let me, you know, sub host your show <laughs> and he called it my show. And it was the first <laughs> time anyone called it my show. Like it was my YouTube channel. I teach the lessons, but it's my show. Right. And, right. <laughs> and so that was, that was the moment that I felt like, and I thought to be to be frank and, and and if I'm being honest, it was in the back of my mind as something I would like to happen through doing this. And I thought it might happen, but I thought it happened in like a decade. I didn't think it would happen in two and a half years or whatever it is, I don't remember. But yeah. I didn't think it would happen um that quick. And the fact that it was stone and not anybody else was just Unbelievable. And the fact that he could ask any he could ask anybody how to play the song the songs you know what i mean but but if if you know maybe or maybe not we're kind of attracted to our to our our role models because they're like us in some ways and so then with with maybe a small modicum of accuracy i can reverse reverse extrapolate or interpolate (laughs) or something um I, I, uh, could, I could see it where, cause I would rather go to the phone if, if it can answer a question, if YouTube can answer a question, then ask, you know, funny to say this, but like Kim fail, how to play, how to play right. this one song. Right. It, he needed to know how to play a sound garden song. And, and I put that video up cause he asked me to the video from me to stone, not intended to be published about yeah. how to play that one sound garden song. Um, <laughs> So I, I totally get it. I can see why he would, re- and you can watch the video over and over again rather than, yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> so I have a full, I've, you're the only, we you're the only YouTuber where I have two libraries. I've got like the campfire stuff, <laughs> which is amazing. 
And then I've got yeah. I've got the um, like the real lessons, you know. So I've got two Ryan Lent mm-hmm. libraries because it, you know sometimes I just want to learn how to play X song. Other times I actually want to learn how to play right. guitar. So yeah, yeah. So my moment. Thank you for telling me that. Oh, it's yeah, Ryan. I'm I'm you, you talk about fanboying out. Like this is a big moment for me to have you face to face, so to speak, on the show. It's, so. Um, it's, but it's I remember, I remember in a Pearl Jam newsletter, they said, "Learn how to play one of Pearl Jam songs by Ryan Lent," and it was linked to. You. And I'm like, "Look at Ryan Lent! Like, look at Ryan! He's like, you're in a Pearl Jam newsletter! Like, that's amazing!" So, and it was, I, I can't remember. It might have been the new album. I think you were right on top of, uh, you know, the first single that came out or something, teaching that. Um, but yeah, that's when I thought like. Ryan has officially arrived in the Pearl Jam Pantheon. He's a member of the family now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, no, that night was fun when, um, when, uh, and that was, that was, that was Tim Bierman's doing, you know, the head of the uh, the 10 club. And he's also a very nice, very nice man. They're all nice. Like it's really nice when, when you meet your idol and you're not like, disappointed or let down or like yeah. just, just everyone I've interacted with in the Pearl Jam world has been the warmest, kindest, nicest person I have ever encountered in my entire life. It's yeah. so uh, or yeah. on par with, of course. Yeah. And I like I feel yeah. I, I talked to my other sort of uh, music friends and, um, you know, the bands that they like, like some of the people aren't like I just feel so lucky that I chose this band that remained grounded and human throughout everything and all these years it's like i feel so lucky that that happened for me like so, so thankful grounded 100 percent grounded human and alive you know yep importantly yeah which is yeah. no no small feat yeah that's true um, that's but yeah point. the night yeah the night the night i did uh yeah very good point the, the night i did um um uh the, the one where stone plays bass um uh, dance, dance of the dance of the clairvoyance. Oh, dance of the clairvoyance. It was, sure. it was like, yeah, yeah. That was like the moment I'd been waiting for. Like, I, I wanted that opportunity from the moment I started to be the first person to to put out the, and I stayed up till midnight when that's what time the song was released. And then I figured out how to play it, and then I made the video, and then I didn't go to sleep till well, I went to bed at four, but I was buzzing so hard just from doing that that I, I could, I don't think I went to sleep for an hour or and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> that was a really, that was worth it. That was worth every iota of effort. Yeah, that was There's a lot going on in that moment. I mean, we've got a new Pearl Jam song. It's completely different than anything we've ever heard from them. You have to figure out how to play it and, and then you have to get it uploaded and everything else. I can imagine that was, there was some uh, adrenaline going there. There was some adrenaline. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that um, that Stone inspired you to play guitar because I that's the exact moment I decided I was going to start playing guitar was like track one, second one of Pearl Jam 10. Like and and I, you know, I grew up somewhat in a musical family. My my dad played guitar and he tried to teach me at one point, but we we had a very contentious relationship at, at times. And so that wasn't going to happen. It was going to have to be my own sort of decision. And, um, and yeah, it was, you know, hearing that music, um, just, that was it. That was a wrap. And I started, I started playing around with guitars ever since. And, um, and it's always been like, I'm not a big sort of gear 
like I have two guitars. That's it. This electric one I bought forever ago when I was in a band and we needed to have an electric guitar. And I was like, all right, I'll grab one. Um, the other one was a gift, you know, and, uh, because I, I didn't play a nice guitar and someone was like, you need a nice guitar. And, um, but it's always just been, I just love playing. And I, and I think the way that the campfire stuff that you come out with is like so perfect for me. Cause that's the, the, the acoustic is the one that is constantly coming down off the wall and, uh, it's just worked out perfectly for me personally. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to second your, your notion there or your motion or uh, <laughs> lo, lotion. Now I'm just rhyming for no reason, but um, I'm going to second, I'm going to second your, uh, your idea there. I am much the same way. I have a bunch of guitars, but not any of them, not a single one of them, except for this one was on purpose. This is Elizabeth Taylor, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is my only on purpose. This is my only on purpose guitar, but you just kind of run into guitars, especially as a guitar teacher. And when you find them and they're like 80% off of what you should be paying for it, you just kind of have to buy one. But, <laughs> but the point is I, I also feel like everything that is important about music is in the notes and, and, and everything else is just stylistic. So, so, you know, I got my first pedal a year and a half ago and I didn't even buy it for myself. Someone, bought, someone bought it for me. I've been playing guitar since I was 12. I've been a professional guitar player in some way or another, you know, you know, teacher, but still playing the guitar and have been in bands and started bands and made, you know, uh, songs with people and so forth. And I got my first pedal a year and a half ago and I didn't even buy it for myself. <laughs> right. Um, and now I have six pedals and I haven't bought a single one, I haven't bought a single one for myself. Um, and, but I think, you know, and going back to Pearl Jam, um, we, I'm sure we might <laughs> get to golf eventually, but I don't have anywhere to be. So, so, you know, you, you, you're in charge of the schedule here. Okay. Great. Um, but, but, uh, but, but Pearl Jam, you know, isn't a distortion pedal band. They're, they're an overdrive pedal band meaning that that their sounds are more like just the guitar plugged into the amp than say the smashing pumpkins which make heavy use of the fuzz pedal for example right. not that there's anything wrong with that um but that's sort of where the smashing pumpkins i can love their song without liking that recording of of their song and and i you know i have 10 guitars or something and this one and the red one are the only one i've picked up in like months and months and months because these are my only two fully functioning guitars, <laughs> all the guitars I own. Um, and that's just it. So there you go. I also have two guitars for all intents and purposes. There you go. Right. <laughs> um, this is such a fun conversation already. We haven't gotten to the golf part. And I know that's a, that's a fun story too. So, <laughs> um, so one last YouTube question. We'll, we'll move on from that. Uh, maybe we can talk okay. about we, you right. can go through your 11 turtles that you have in the house for some reason. I can only imagine the 11 turtles was um, a male and a female incident. And then you hit, then you no. had nine more. Oh no, you just been, you're just a turtle no. collector. Yeah. Turtles are notoriously difficult to get to breed. Um, well, especially box turtles, Tur and, but anyways, that's not interesting, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I got this here. I'll, I'll show you exhibit a, <laughs> Uh, where is she? And and I'm going to bring exhibit B also. So she doesn't get uh, jealous. Yeah. We don't want but jealous turtles around the house. No, no, we do not. Exhibit B has been taking a bath for like a week. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
Okay. So when I was, this is exhibit B, this is exhibit A. When I was 10, all the kids in the neighborhood were getting box turtles, you know, like my friends or whatever. And so I got this box turtle when I was 10. This is Sylvia. Come on. And my sister got this. Yeah, this is, this is Echo. My sister got Echo when we, when I, when I was 10 and, uh, and you know, they did live a long time. Yeah. So here they are. Wow. <laughs> Sylvia and Echo. And Sylvia and Echo drove uh, from Pennsylvania to California with me when I was 21. And they drove from California to Pennsylvania with me two and a half years ago. And they drove from Pennsylvania to North Carolina with me nine months ago. Um, wow. So they've, they've seen some stuff, yeah. man. They've, they've done some things. They've, oh, Echo is actually Exhibit B. Here, I'll bring Exhibit B back for this story because this is great. Echo, we had this neighbor in Pennsylvania with this dog named Ingrid. And I can I can tell this story now because I'm confident that Ingrid is deceased, and then there will be no de- defamation lawsuits coming my way if I tell this story. But Ingrid came into our yard, and we had like a sandbox, you know, thing with no sand in it, but just to the dirt, you know, and for the turtles to be outside because the thing about turtles is uh, they can't process calcium unless they also have actual sunlight. Okay. So their bones will be, yeah, their bones will become set. So there's nothing better for a turtle than being able to go outside for long, long periods of time. So they did. And Ingrid, the dog, picked this turtle up in her mouth and put this turtle down on the out on the wrong side of the turtle enclosure. And this turtle in Pennsylvania, where the winter's cold, this turtle ran away, had a great year, hibernated, you know, did whatever she did for a whole year, Echo's big adventure. And then one day she came back. She Shut up! No way. <laughs> yeah, yep. So that wow. was Echo's big year. We'll never know what she, we will never know what she did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and then so what happens is as a, as a uh, well here I'll I'll get Exhibit C and those will be the only three exhibits. <laughs> but what happens what what happens is when you know a lot of children. Um, over the years, and and I'm very obviously it's it's very it's kind of impossible for me to hide my love for all things Chelonian, which means turtles. I don't know if it's a ch or a or a hard k. I don't really know. I've never heard anyone say it but me, so it doesn't matter. Um, but you in inev- you invariably have students who have a pet turtle that they don't want anymore. You know, every, right. every so often. Now let me go get Exhibit C for you. I'll be I'll just be right back. I'm going to put my ear pods down. So I don't- okay, great. <laughs> my ear my pods back in and i'm going to show you exhibit c so this turtle i got in in a situation like that and when it came to me this turtle about six years ago was this big fit in the palm of your hand and i said you know what you have right and they were like no and i was like you have one of these and they were like i don't want one of those (laughs) here's this turtle six years later <laughs> Holy cow! I'll be right back. Okay. This, is, this is Terrence. How wait? How old is Terrence though? Terrence is six, six he's and a half. Huge! Holy cow! Oh, thank you, sister. Oh, that he says thank you. And so that was one of the big reasons why we picked North Carolina because those guys that. That particular animal is the I'm out of breath from carrying turns and walking eighteen holes today and and splitting firewood after that. So give me that. And I talk fast. <laughs> okay. 
that particular animal is the third largest tortoise on earth. So he's going to be like a monster. Yeah. And, and you're looking at these 11 turtles and you're like, where am I going to put these 11 turtles? And, and growing our male lady brought us a water turtle this, this summer because she saw our turtles in the yard because they, they walk around outside. And, you know, Wendy down the street had a turtle she didn't want. So we ended up with this turtle and that's just how it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's the best. Oh, okay. You mentioned that you played. I need a sip of water. Okay. Uh, You mentioned (laughs) you played 18 holes of golf today. Uh, which I can't believe you didn't actually move to North Carolina to play golf, but um, but you're reaping the benefits now because it's freezing cold here in Chicago. It's freezing cold in Philly, I'm sure. But you're out walking 18. How'd you how'd you? Shoot? Well, let me just tell you that. Well, before I tell you about that, let me just tell you that my my diehard friend and I um, from Philly did play through the winter both years. We we were there. Um, and played through the winter means there were four non-contiguous weeks where we didn't play at all. So, so like we wow. might not have played one week in November or, yeah. you know, whatever, but we did play two times a week, almost every week, except for those four through, through the winter with the hot hands. And, you know, you, you get warmed up It's and it's great fun because it's different because you can't aim for the green because if you hit the green, it bounces <laughs> right. off the green right. <laughs> and it ends up in the next or something so it's a totally different game also which is fun um but yeah um but today was not so i actually i had a big moment today actually because we moved here and i'll get to my golf game um today but we moved here nine months ago during covid yeah and and we're at the golf courses where i always meet my friends because who else i I only like to talk about pearl jam and golf so like i don't i don't want to talk about anything else so where am i going to meet someone i like to hang out with at at the golf course and today and you know even during covid is different like people don't really want to get paired up with other people as as much as the other times i've experienced which is every other time yeah um but today today was probably the least friendly playable day like you know it wasn't raining um but it was it was the coldest it was the least friendly playable day today and so i woke up and i went it's really cold. There's frost on the ground. It's going to be like 38 at 10. What better day to, to meet my diehard golf friend than to go golfing on the least friendly golf day. (laughs) Right. And I did, I made my first friend in North Carolina. Oh, look at that. He he was there. I was there and we had a great time. And and we exchanged numbers and I finally, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's the best. That's one of my favorite things. I mean, I always go back to, um, when I play golf, I can't necessarily tell you what I shot in a day or what certain things about the golf course. I can tell you who I was with and I can tell you how much fun that yeah. that person that my playing partner and I had just hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. That's And that's half of what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but during the winter, I like to play with, I, I have a little a Mizuno bag, a mini Mizuno bag, and I, I put seven clubs in it so I can walk and it doesn't even feel like you have excuse me, anything on your back. And it's also really fun to play with seven clubs. Yeah. It really makes you use the wind. It really makes you use your fades and your draws to try to get it the right, the right length and, and so forth. Um, and, and I also find that I play way better with seven clubs than with a full bag for, for the, if you can't stop. Yeah. For this, for those reasons. Um, and I played well today. I shot an 81, which nice. is really good. 
really good, really good for me. I'll shoot, I'll shoot 78 one day and I will shoot 98 the next day. Yeah. Then that's not abnormal. So 81 is really good. Um, and I was very pleased with myself, but I, I get, uh, more joy. It was, it was no double bogeys and no lost balls. Um, oh, but no yeah. birdies either. Yeah. But I, I'll get more joy from the unreal bogey save than the, the, the par three, two shot birdie where you just make the putt. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. <laughs> and I did, I had one today because I wanted to stay double bogey free and I had an unreal bogey save and it was my favorite moment of the, of the day. <laughs> All right. So when did your love begin for golf? How did this happen? Yeah, golf. This is another story. This is another, if I can look at, you know, because it's a big deal what you get into because it kind of dictates who you hang out with and what you're thinking about, where you go and what you buy. So it's a really big deal what you choose or what you're attracted to or whatever. And so if you think of it that way, you know, this moment for me is right up there with the Pearl Jam moment, given, you know, golf is such an important part of my life now. Um, but, but my dad bought me a set or when I was nine, you know, um, but you know, I, I never, I wasn't old enough. They didn't let you go out on the course when you, when you were nine. So I went to the driving range with my grandma. We played, we played, uh, and I didn't mean that with disdain. I had a great time going to the, but I would have loved to go to the, sure, of course. To, the to the real golf course. We had this course, we had this course set up around my grandparents' house and that's all we did. And this because I would, you know, go hang out with them in, De- in Michigan, in Detroit, near Detroit, mm-hmm. um, in the summers and, and, you know, like the rock was hole one and we, and the, the big tree was the, was hole four and there were, and you went around the whole house and I did that endlessly. And that was pretty much the extent of my golfing with Nerf ball, with, you know, the, with like not real golf, golf balls or sure. windows, of course. <laughs> right. And then I, and then I, you know, I had a set when I was, uh, you know, 13 or 12 or whatever. And I went out with my friends a few times, but it, it didn't really, so I, I wouldn't have, I was a baseball player through and through. It was baseball 24, seven, 365. Yeah. I can relate um, to that. Yep. Oh, 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 I love bait and Pearl Jam loves baseball. So it's, it's a big deal. What you choose to like. It's all, <laughs> it's all right. right. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so it was, and man, I had, I had a musician friend who plays bass, uh, on my songs. Um, his name's Dominic and he's one of my favorite friends of all time. Cause he was the, he was the guy, he was the guy I kind of like, started to learn is as I was learning, I was playing with him and it was a really exciting mm-hmm. time and, and, and everything. So those, my fond thoughts toward Dom that are unrelated, but you know, he would talk about loving golf half a decade before I ever picked up a golf club. And I would lo- I was like, I would love golf. I should pick up, I should pick up golf, but you're, you know, you're 25 and money's tight and golfing's expensive and, you know, buying the equipment and paying it. And whatever, and I, I just, I never. And beer is important when you're 25 too. Yeah, right. the money was there. It was just going, it was just going in the wrong place. <laughs> um, I'm being honest, but, but, uh, man, and 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 then it was so close to my 30th birthday. It might have been my 30th birthday, and and I was I was working so hard because I, I left, and people work hard. Way you know whatever, but it was a super stressful time for me because I didn't have a job. I had a business and I left my job 
teaching guitar for somebody else mm -hmm. to start my business teaching guitar for myself. And that involved the, you know, back to, back to Tim Ferriss and divorcing your time from your income that involved spending my time paying, paying commercial real estate rent in near San Francisco, <laughs> which is, it's very, very time consuming. And there was at, at the beginning and everything went amazing and it was quite a journey with my whole, but this was the beginning. Um, and there was a, a 10 week stretch where I did not have a single day off, not a weekend, not a holiday. I worked literally 10 weeks in a row without a single day off. And then for, you know, for five years after that, it was, I had one weekend day for five, for five years. And that the point is I was really, really busy with my business and I didn't have any outlet whatsoever. I, I had, I had, I would come home exhausted and, you know, uh, teaching after school. So everybody's off work oh, and I'm yeah. going to work. Yeah. One in one weekend day, you've got to get your stuff done. You got to go grocery shopping, blah blah blah. Um, and I had no outlet. And when I was a kid, my grandfather used to. Well, he was a huge golfer, humongous. I've got his golf clubs in my golf closet over there. I've got a picture of him with his golf buddies. There. I've got a uh, very important man in in my life. Uh, and I did play golf with him once. I have a vague memory of it when I was like nine. You know, with the little clubs and the yeah. Had a, a, not, a, yeah, not important, but the thing is very important man in my life. And he used to always give me my age and $2 bills for my birthday in a card, you know, whatever. If it was 11, he would give me five, $2 bills in one, one, you know, et cetera. Yeah. But man, I, I had those lingering thoughts of, I'd love to play golf for just the, you know, five years leading up. And and I'm I'm driving in 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 near San Francisco, uh, going north in whatever bridge heads uh, up to Vallejo. Um, yeah, is what I'm trying to say. And back eight years ago, when you could still give them money and they rather the Easy Pass and stuff now, yeah. but I guess you can probably still you probably can still give them. But it wasn't unusual. And I handed them whatever bill it was, and they handed me back a single two dollar bill. And it was my birthday or really close to my birthday that day. And I took that $2 bill and wherever I was going, I don't remember, but I went to the sports store instead and I bought a $140 bag of golf clubs. And then I went to the golf course and I went golfing. That's what I did that day. And I shot a 136. I'll never forget it. I counted every <laughs> single stroke. I didn't think, I was like, why do you need a golf glove? That's kind of wussy because I like Jason Kendall a lot. It was the Pirates sure. catcher from like the whatever, late nineties or something. Yeah. And he didn't use batting gloves. Right. Like, I want to be like Jason Kendall. I'm going to, and I had a blister bigger than my thumb on my <laughs> thumb for the ensuing two weeks, but it was the best day. <laughs> and it, it, oh man. And that was, that just opened the floodgates. And then, yeah. And, and it's ever it, from moment one, it was not a growing thing. It was, I am a hundred percent obsessed since moment since moment one and it continues to this day it is a sustainable obsession that could be like an rem song or something <laughs> is it is it still the same like do you still use it the same way you used it then or is it has it evolved into i mean now you're now you're shooting in the low 80s um so you've gotten better but are you still is it still the outlet or as you have you found you know that it's i mean i guess it's good for meeting friends too right it's it's a good social thing, but for me, what it is is I spend so much time playing the guitar, and I love it so much. And I also spend so much time thinking about and doing golf, and I love it so much 
that I, I just kind of bounce back and forth. And I let, and I let my interests, I let, I just let my interest of the, of the week kind of dictate, am I going to obsess over this, this week or this, this week? And so it's this nice yin and yang of, if I'm a little sick of this, I can just do a little more of this. And, yeah. and of course I don't get paid to, I don't get paid to play golf, but it is life enriching. And that makes my work better, you know, which, which Ruthie is the best significant other of all time, because sometimes I'll literally like who's, 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 whose wife does this, but this really happens in our house. Hey, uh, are you going to go golfing today? Oh, I don't know. That's a whole thing. Yeah, but if you don't go golfing, then like you're not going to be as happy in your videos and stuff. You should probably go golfing. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. And then I and then I go golfing, and it was the best time. You know, every every single time. You never have. It's it, but we do live. I guess I was spoiled in California. I lived within 18 minutes of six golf courses, you know? Yeah. And now there's, there's two and one is 26 minutes away and one's 19 minutes. It's just a whole thing. Anytime we're going to leave the house, we're living where we live. Um, but I do, I do, if I'm being honest, I miss. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I think, I think what it is, this is now, this is therapy session here. I think what it is, is I've gotten accustomed to the excitement. I don't think the excitement's gone. And my evidence for this is on golf day, doesn't matter when I went to bed, I can't sleep past 530. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And on non-golf day, I'm kind of a 720 kind of guy. And I don't, I don't have any reason to get up at any time ever. Um, Cause I can just do my thing whenever I want d during the day. Yeah. I might want to get done with it early and I want to start early, but right. I don't have to get up at a time to be, be anywhere, which is awesome. Um, as I say it out loud. Um, but I'm a seven twenty guy except for on golf day. And then it's wake up hours before sunrise. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do? Drink a cup of coffee, you know, do every chore imaginable just to pass the time, which is feed 11 turtles this morning. And I, so that, that's, <laughs> and that was fun too because it passes the time until time to leave and yeah <clears throat> my wife always gives me a hard time because i can hit snooze 10 times in a row on a common morning golf morning like the snooze the alarm doesn't even go off like you're saying like yeah. i'm up and i'm out of yeah. bed and i'm you know getting all ready making coffee yep packing the bag the whole thing yep <laughs> it's and you know golf is it's creative for me too. I don't, who's your favorite golfer? May I ask you, Chris? Um, I think I'll just go currently. I'll say I'm a big Rory guy for the most part. Um, in just terms of like, I just, I like him. Yeah. I like the way he plays golf and I like how uh, open and honesty is about his game and the game. Yeah. And he, he really seems to have like, um, a real perspective for how, what he's doing isn't important. It's not life or death, <laughs> right. you know? But it, but but it's important. It's it's so important in lots of ways. But he he's got a nice um a balance to how he approaches it. I guess. Yeah, he's got some good perspective. I think he's yeah. you know yeah yeah absolutely. Well, uh, I I view golf as very creative. Um, Phil Mickelson is my favorite golfer oh. of all time. Uh, yeah. I and 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 yeah, and so and I'm left-handed at at the golf as as well. So that's another another thing. But it's like the the unreal bogey saves, you, you know, are are more fun for me than shooting seventy eight. If I if I shoot eighty six, but totally could have shot ninety five, that's right. the fun. That's right. the fun time for me. I like the I like the 
what's the most ridiculous way I can get this done? And, and you know, in the winter in Pennsylvania, it was how many ponds can we bounce it off of and still, <laughs> uh, still accomplish the goal? And, you know, what's the smallest thing we can get the ball through on purpose? And, and so I think guitar and golf, to get back to the original point, are much the same thing for me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now I have, I've said this before is, is my wife likes to point out sometimes that I tend to take up these, these hobbies where there's no great, there's no perfect, like there is great, but there's no perfect. Like you can't perfect golf and you can't perfect guitar playing. You can get real close, Tiger Woods, McCready, like, right. But you, there's even Mike will tell you that he's still trying to get better every single day. You know, it's, it's like, that's part of it to me too, is like, even if I went out and I shot my very best score, the next time I went out, I have a new target. You know, it's every time I learn doesn't a song mean, that it doesn't mean. Anything. Yeah. Every time I learn yeah. a song from you, I haven't, I don't, I'm not going to stop watching videos. There's another song. There's something else to learn about that, you know? Right. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly for sure. Right, yeah. Now, have you, have you gotten into any sort of um, like the golf architecture or things like that? Cause, because I've just kind of been opened up to that world and it's really starting to to take hold um, in terms of, of how golf courses are designed and what, what is what there. I don't think I even know what you mean by that question. Really? <laughs> that. Oh man, you've yeah. got a whole, you've got a I mean, whole I, other I, side I, of golf to learn. Okay. Well, you, you'll have to point me in the direction of a resource. I mean, I understand that like, putting a bunker here versus here has a value, you know, you know, to it. Mm -hmm. And are we talking about, is that the tip of the iceberg to what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's about, that's about as much as I understand. If you think so. about it. So here's how I, here's how I will, will I've, I've made this comparison before and I just thought of it while we were talking about guitar and golf. Um, golf, golf architecture is very similar to um, music lineage. So when you listen to Mike McCready play guitar, there are there there is Jimi Hendrix in him, there is Stevie Ray Vaughan in him. There are these influences, right? Well, the same thing has happened over the years with golf architecture, where these early days, mm -hmm. you know, in Scotland, these golf courses that were designed, at, you know, that carried into the United States, and like Alistair McKenzie, who is a very famous old golf um, golf architect, influenced so and so. Yep. Yep right? Who then built this golf course and he influenced so-and-so. And so you have this golf course sort of architectural lineage. And I've, I've always, when I started to learn about it, the first thing I thought about was how music influences music, influences music. And, you know, Chuck Berry to yeah. Mike McCready, you can go down the line through the years and, and <clears throat> connect all those people. Right. So that's, that's why I've really fallen in love with the architecture side for sure. Just to see the history of it. And that's really cool. Now, can you, if you're on one of these, you know, that's why people always talk about it's a Pete Dye course or it's a great, you know, Greg Norman course. Or right. you know, does he design courses? I don't even, I don't know, but right. that's, that. it means a lot to some people and to other people, it just kind of goes right in one ear, not the other. Yep. Um, so there was this golf, there was this golf course in, in California that was kind of one of my go-tos because it was, it, you could, you get it on golf now for like 13 bucks every once in a, every once in a while. Mm -hmm. but. Even if you had to pay full price, it'd, it'd be like, you know, 28 or something, which was really cheap for, um, on a weekend, you know, there, um, but it was called Delta view in Pittsburgh, California, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh with no H on the end. Um, 
And it was one of my favorite places. Uh, it wasn't the best man- manicured place, um, but it was really fun for my sense of layout. For, for It had all kinds of fun stuff. Of course, that's not a fun thing to say. That's like, <laughs> like kids are like, one time I went to the zoo. <laughs> right. And then you're expected to be like, cool. <laughs> nice story. Um, but... <laughs> But it was an, it was a really enjoyable golf course, and and it got plowed over, you know, to put homes in, as happens sometimes. But thankfully, after I left, so I didn't have to witness its desecration. Um, one of my favorite places, kind of a dump, um, and half of it was designed by Alistair McKenzie. There you go. Just this random in the middle of nowhere, nobody cares about it, cheap dumpy golf course. Half of it was yeah. designed by him, and then they expanded the other the other half as time as time went on. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That must be, you that must be what, of... what I'm trying to say is I have history. I, I, what I'm trying to say is I have very good taste in golf course architecture. <laughs> I'm a natural at it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, this is fun, man. This is great. This is everything I'd hoped it would be. You're, you're exactly cool. who you, I'm having a good time. You exact, you're exactly who you are in your videos, which makes me happy. Oh, that's good to know. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're a genuine, you're a genuine person. <laughs> Um, so, all right. Well, thank you. I have one last, we're going to circle back to, um, the music side of things. Uh, you have, okay. you've kind of stood up a new band, right? Ryan Lent and the Leavers. I'm, Ryan Lent and the Leavers. Ryan Lent and the Leavers is not a new band. So I would, well, I, you, you were hearing about it for the first time. Um, it will always be a new band. So here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I I moved to California. I was 21 years old. I went to college for two years and it was so freaking cold at, in Pennsylvania. I was so tired of it. And, and I, I didn't even know why I was going. I was just going because you do. That's what you do. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. I got to college and they're like, what are you going to study? I was like, I don't freaking know what I'm going to study. I'm 19. How am I supposed to know these things now? I'm supposed to commit. I'm supposed to put all this time in and spend all this money you know, and I have no idea what I want to do. What am I supposed to do? So I drove to California with 1600 bucks in my pocket and all of my turtles in the car. <laughs> and there were, there were, there was, there were some bearded dragons and a rabbit. And there's other things in the car on that trip, maybe an iguana or two, but it was all of those creatures I think there was a fish. There was a fish. There was a red beta fish who drove across from Pennsylvania to uh named Fush, F U U S C H, who drove from Pennsylvania to California with me in my car. In my not not even just my car, my 1993 Chevy Cavalier, which I don't know if you know those things. Sure. If you can even call them things. <laughs> they don't fit anything in them. Right. And it was it was it was it was upwards of a dozen pets. We'll just say that just to be safe. And it was one suitcase full of clothes and my guitar. And I drove to California with my twelve or sixteen hundred bucks that I'd saved up with no real plan, no plan other than just I'm gonna. Why do you need a plan all the time? Just you, you things will present, and you you make good decisions. You know, you hope you'll make good decisions, and you need to get you need to get things figured out, like how to make a living, etc. And clearly, all those things were figured out because I'm here. Um, <clears throat> so the details aren't important, but but I wanted to do music. I thought, you know, 
not maybe the blooming, you know, music uh, capital of the world, central Pennsylvania here. So let's right. go out to the, the West Coast. And that's a smart move, I think, if what you want to do is meet like-minded musicians. If that's your number one goal, sure. um, then that's a better place to do it. And so I met these fellows. And the way I met I met these fellows uh, and, and we made this. It was the best band that I was in that could really rock for the first time, like rock. And it was a great group and the, the the rhythm section wanted to be a metal band and me and the guitar player wanted to be an all rock band. Yeah. So we split up. Yeah. And and that was a year's worth of work um that was just like obliterated um in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I thought how can I how can I avoid this? And I think I'm about 23 at this time or something. And I thought how can I avoid this in the future? And I thought, wait a second. I would love to be in a collaborative effort, but anytime you're in a collaborative effort, you run the risk of that happening. Of course. So given those, given those two options, it's me. I'm the band. Not I'm not, I'm the only musician in the band, but the band will never die until I die. So it's Ryan Lent and the Leavers, and I'll recruit my friends. I'll pick my, you know, as a music teacher, you know, everybody you could ever need to know to record anything on your album you'd ever want. Yeah. Um, and so I did. And Ryan Lent and the Leavers played its first show in like, I couldn't even tell you the year, but I've got the poster in, in my closet there. It was a long time ago. Oh, really? Okay. So Ryan Lent and the Leavers, it was probably about 11 years ago we played okay. our first show. But the lineup has never, ever been the same twice. Um, You're like Robert Smith in The Cure. And that's not why. That's, right. <laughs> um yeah. And, and it's a different thing and like different stuff. Like, you know, you're out there and you, uh, and, uh, you can't as an adult, I'm sure you understand if you can't get anybody to do anything unless you pay them to do it. That's the, it's the quickest way to assure that someone does something you want to do. So right. if you're like, Oh, I'm going to make this band. It's going to be so cool. We're going to be the biggest thing ever. Just, you know, come on. And then nobody actually does it because right. nobody actually does the guitar track or, it makes it to the studio on time or whatever the practice isn't consistent blah 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 because you're not getting paid to do it right so my genius idea was i would love to have creative input from people and i'm gonna pay, i'm gonna pay you 100 bucks for your work on this song you know you know it's, yeah. it's, it's not a large amount of money it's not someone's job to work on my song right but it is enough to say yes i'm gonna sit down and do this this afternoon and you'll have it tomorrow because so you know so that was my genius idea and every song you listen to on Spotify is of from me, from Ryan Lent and the Leavers, yeah. is some combination of some people I know uh, and on that arrangement. Nice. Yeah, thank you. And so, awesome. so Nick is Nick is on. Yeah, th- and Nick is <laughs> appreciate that. Nick Croce, uh, the, the drummer in mm-hmm. New York City, is on me because because he he wants to record, 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 and I do too. Um, it's it's hard you know he has he has his job he owns a paint store you know so he he does his paint store business and then he wants to come home and play drums yeah you know but i'm doing my guitar work here and then i i'm done with my music for the day and to be frank the last thing i want to do is then go make more music but it does happen sometimes um so i I record about two songs a year (laughs) and that's and i don't want to make an album because then you have to like plan out and have it make sense and like and then two songs a year it would take me six years to make an album that's no fun but i can record a song and release a cool song every once in a while yeah. and again just for the sake of doing it because that's that's the only goal is just to do it and so when i do it i've then accomplished my goal and then i'm very happy 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's there forever. Like once you make something like that and you put it out there, it's out there Yeah, for everyone to hear forever. Yeah, and, uh, that's cool. It's there forever. That's right. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I had one more question and now it's escaped my brain. Oh, uh, did you have any shows lined up to go to in 2020 that got canceled for the, cause I know Pearl Jam was going to do a tour. Um, I had tickets for Phoenix and San Diego. I didn't know if you have, if you have 2021 plans now for any Pearl Jam shows, hopefully we get to see them this year. So, so you've, uh, have you noticed my, my cohortion? Is that a word? Being a cohort with (laughs) (laughs) cohortion? Have have you, have you noticed my cohortion with Henrik, Henrik Tuxen on, on, uh, on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. The Stones series. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my plan, yeah, my plans for the Pearl Jam upcoming stuff is to go to whichever concert in the United States Henrik is going to be at, because I would love to spend some time with him because we have a fast friendship and email back and forth and working on those videos together. And, and so cool to be legitimately working on something in the legitimate Pearl Jam circle with, you know, Stone's blessing to use his voice and we get, you know, feedback from him on the videos and he thinks they're great. That's cool. And that's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So, so I would love to hang out with Henrik in person. And I think the best shot of doing that is at some Pearl Jam show. And, uh, and so that is my plan to, to fly by the seat of my pants and see what the, uh, the higher ups, so to speak, want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could always just call, call your pal stone and be like, Hey man, you had a, you had a ticket laying around for X show. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm yeah. Maybe, maybe I could, <laughs> I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the guts to do that. He did. He will. Well, yeah. um, well, hopefully I can only hope that, that you and I align, uh, paths at some point at a show or before a show or whatever, so that we can hang out in person. I think that'd be really fun. And then, um, I sure. expect and if, golf, if it's, obviously. and yeah, and go and play 18 holes before or after or wherever, because, you know, what you should do oh, yep. what you should do is <clears throat> meet up in San Diego um, because there's some other kind of music geeks and golf geeks um, and they're big Pearl Jam fans as well. And we may just do a just a golf Pearl Jam outing pre-show or something. That's amazing. One of my best friends on earth lives in Encinitas. So I, I've got a couch to crash on down there, too. There you go. Perfect. Good plan. Not, not to, I don't want to force you into a plan. I know you're kind of. You're not a planner, but just in case it, you know, it comes up, I, just I, the back of your mind. You no, know, I'm not a planner. Did we talk about that? What's that? Do we talk about me not being a planner? Well, you just said like, why do we always have to have a plan? Like, why does there always have to be a plan? That's all. Oh, that's right. Oh no, yes, <laughs> that extends to my that, that extends to my day to day. Also, that's not just life, big life stuff. That is 100. percent What am I going to do? What, honey, what are you doing today? I don't know. We'll find out when it happens. I have no idea what I'm doing today. So you don't like uh, this is so you don't map out your YouTube releases or like your YouTube tutorials ahead of time or anything. You just kind of like I try. Okay, I tried, I tried so hard to plan that out, and it got so boring for me because I have to do whatever song I feel like doing in the moment, or else it's the worst experience ever. And so I used to I used to go week by week. Uh, and I'd plan it out at the beginning of the week. And that helped because then I could kind of have the songs in my mind and then I'd speak, you know, more freely about them. Yeah. Um, and it would make the whole process smoother. But I found that by Thursday, I had no interest in doing that song anymore on, on Thursday. So now what I do 
is I do every five videos. It's a hit, a song no one cares about that I want to do, F you everybody else, a hit, a song nobody cares about, but I want to do F you everybody else and softball Sunday. And that's my five. And that's as far as I plan it out. So I just I have to do is fit them into that little, little thing. And I found that's a fruitful slash enjoyable compromise for my brain and my, my, my growth, hopefully on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Thanks again <laughs> for doing this. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. On, Chris. That was really, 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 really fun. If you know, after everyone forgets about me in, in like three or five years or something, and you'd like to have me back on, I would, I would enjoy that very much. Oh, so, I would, I would love, so I mean, thank you for having me. We could have a whole nother second episode of just Pearl Jam stories and, and then another one with golf stories and we could, so yes, we should do it again for sure. All right. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> thank you so much. So I, I just want to call out uh, is, is as you begin the new year, you know, new people are starting to learn guitar. So head over to at Ryan Lent. And there's, there isn't just a bunch of Pearl Jam songs there, although you can learn guitar just by playing Pearl Jam songs. I mean, that's how I learned. And so that's how I learned. Yeah. You can go there and just figure it out. So anyways, I got to tell, I got to tell I learned to play Pearl. I, I learned to play guitar by playing Pearl Jam songs wrong. So you don't even have to learn them right. Just put the damn guitar in your hand and play stuff wrong. It doesn't matter. You're still learning how to play the guitar. Okay. That's Back right. Back to you, Chris. That's the same way as golf, right? You play, you learn how to play golf just by playing it. That's it. That's it. All right, man. I appreciate it. This was really fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So that's Ryan Lent. And um, I just, for those that are listening to this because they watch him on YouTube, um, you already know how great Ryan's outlook on things really is and, and just kind of he, how appreciative he is of us as viewers, as fans and all that kind of stuff. And it was really fun talking to him. Hopefully you learned a little bit about Ryan the golfer and maybe even around his uh, YouTube origins, which maybe, you know, if you've joined his YouTube channel late, uh, and become a fan, you can, you can learn how it, it all started. So, um, I know I, I enjoyed the conversation immensely. If, <laughs> if you want a visual of the size of Terrence, the turtle, uh, you can head to my Twitter account. I posted a quick, uh, video snippet of it. Uh, it's at Chris McEwen. Uh, I'll, it, all this stuff, you know, Ryan's YouTube channel, my Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and all that stuff will all be in the notes. So, you know, you can, you can pop over and check it out, but, uh, uh, it's a, it's, it was pretty fun and random. And that's part of why I love doing this show so much. And, um, the other thing that really jumped out is, is the quote, um, that Ryan talked about in the very beginning of the interview that Tony Robbins quote, uh, especially as someone who's just kind of starting my journey in the podcast world, you know, I'm in, I'm in year two officially. And the idea that we, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. I think that is, that's really, again, another significant point for me. And I need to understand that and think about that. And I can't imagine, you know, Ryan's been doing what he's been doing for six years or so, whatever it may be. And we can only hope that he continues after 10 years. I really, Ryan, if you're listening, please reset the clock 
after 10 years and, and pretend you're at year one for my own guitar benefit. But uh, for me, imagining doing this for 10 years is, is crazy. I, I didn't even think that far out. I didn't, you know, during the first year, I barely thought more than a week or two ahead. I mean, I, yes, I was always trying to book guests and, and thinking about how I wanted to produce this show. But thinking 10 years from now, still doing this is just crazy. But it, it makes sense. You know, I feel like the more I do this, the better I get at it, the better listener I become, better host I am. And so, uh, you know, if you're if you're just starting something, you know, it's a new year. We all have our our goals, you know, just try to think as hard as it may be to beyond just this uh, instant gratification moment or year and think beyond that. And I think we'll all be better off for it. But uh, anyways, that's Ryan. You can find him on YouTube at Ryan Lent. You can find him on, on Spotify with him and his rotating, his cavalcade of musicians that he records with uh, at, you know, Ryan Lent and the Leavers, um, which is, you know, he's, they write great stuff and they make great music. So it's really fun to listen to. And um, yeah, that's the show. And, and for anyone that just so happens to be around when I'm playing guitar, you have Ryan to either credit or blame. You pick. I don't know. But if I play a Pearl Jam song, it's because of Ryan. I can certainly tell you that. I think I may have learned one Pearl Jam song truly um, on my own for the most part. Um, you know, like Ryan was saying, I learned how to play a lot of Pearl Jam songs incorrectly. And Ryan thankfully helped me straighten some things out because he just has this tremendous ear for the kind of those little tiny things that, that make some of these songs so good. And he captures them and teaches them so well. So, um, Anyways, that's the show. Uh, a good start to the year, I feel. Hopefully you agree. And um, we'll, we'll close it out with In Hiding by Pearl Jam. And I'm going to, like I tend to do with Pearl Jam songs, I'm going to let this one breathe a little bit and, and play, you know, maybe a minute or two of the, of the back half of the song because it's, it's, it's great. It's a great song. Great recommendation by Ryan. I get why he likes it. I also love it. And it's also kind of, a, you know, us Pearl Jam weirdos and freaks and, and nerds. Uh, we love our deep tracks. And although this one wasn't technically, it went pretty high at the billboard, despite it not really being uh, marketed. But that's kind of the power of Pearl Jam fans, quite honestly. Um, we find something and we wear it out and, and we tell friends and it spreads like wildfire. And uh, it got the attention it did, in fact, deserve. But all right, that's it. I've spoken enough. Um, again, Happy New Year, everyone. Let's have a great 2021 together. And uh, I will talk to you next week. 